right, welcome back everybody to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host again uh, this week, and it is November the 5th, 2015, which means, you know, that uh, Moscone Cup is right around the corner. So uh, we've got our team all lined up for us and everything else. So we've decided to uh, talk to a couple of the players, see how uh, they're getting ready for the match. And a little bit later in the program, actually, we're going to be talking to Mr. Uh, Mark Wilson, the coach of uh, uh, Team USA this year, too. So stick around for that. But first, I got uh, Mr. Skyler Woodward on the phone. How you doing, Sky? Good. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, you know, it's the fall time, so the leaves are changing and the wind's blowing and all that kind of stuff. How's the weather where you're at? Uh, it's raining today a lot. <laughs> and it's a little chilly. Yeah, yeah, that's about right for this time of the year, I suppose. So, um, all right, you've been chosen, or I guess selected by the coach for the Moscone Cup team this year. How does that make you feel? Oh, it feels great. That was like, that's a goal I've always wanted to accomplish in uh, my pool career, mm-hmm. was making the Moscone Cup, and now now I've done it. And it feels, feels awesome. I get to play with all the top players. And get to represent USA. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a a heck of an accomplishment. So congratulations for that. And uh, it also is an honor, and uh, it's a lot of pressure too. Are you are you up for it? Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'll be ready by the time it comes for sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully, hopefully. Um, you had a pretty good year, you know, with all, uh, at your events and whatnot, you're definitely, um, what do they call it? Up and coming in the ranks, as they say, this is a big step, you know, um, do you think that, uh, the pressure of playing under those conditions, does that, is that much different to you than, um, playing like say in a, in a really heavy match for say, uh, for a lot of money or not for the for the title or for a, a money match, do you think it's going to be much different? Uh, I don't know. They say the Moscone Cup so much different, so much more pressure. Right. So and it it'll it might break you down, but I don't know. I just try to just always just just play, you know. Mm-hmm. Just just play the best I can play, no matter what, and not worry about anything. Just try to have like no pressure, you know. Just. Focus on the just game. Do the best. Yeah, just focus on yeah. the game that's in front of you. If I, yeah, if I do what I can do, then that's all I can ask for. Sure, sure, absolutely. Now, um, just in in general terms, if you had to look at your other players on the team and yourself, what are you bringing to the team? Uh, well, I'm bringing to the team. I don't know, youth. I get a. I get along with everybody. I, I keep it all fun. So, you know, it, it helps everybody not be so up, up and tight, so tense sure. and worry about everything. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, have a little fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, it's good. That's good in some cases, you know, to stay relaxed, make light of it. You know, you can't get too serious. You got to stay focused, but you can't get too serious. Right. Um, do you feel like you have a weakness? Um, Maybe my, maybe inexperience. That'd be the word. That'd be the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But other than that, I feel, I feel good about my game. I'm working on it. Um, spending time with Mark Wilson, getting a couple pointers, help me out for Moscone. Sure, sure. No, that's good. That's good. It's good to talk to the guys. Uh, certainly, Mark is one of them that have been there before. You know, they can uh, kind of walk you through the process. Um, and you know, just. As a bit of personal advice, just walk in like you own the place, man. That you know what I mean. That's all that matters. You go in there. I'm here to play some pool. That's what you got to do. So, oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, do you have? Um, let me ask you just some questions about your own preparations. Do you? Uh, you practice, like, say, the special break that they use uh, with the break rules that they use for the game? Yeah, that's what I've been practicing uh, the break. That's that's big with the nine on the spot and, right. and all that. It's, I have to figure it all out. That way, 
like a bull in the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that seems to be a pinnacle issues is the breaks and the lags. You know, it, it comes down to that because so many people can run out that, you know, frequently it matters just who got the first turn. You know what I mean? And there's such short races that it's going to come down to breaks and lags on a lot of these things. So that's going to be a big, big thing. Well, uh, let's see. What kind of cue do you do you like to use? What's your favorite? Um, a Muji. Okay. Is that one of your sponsors then? Yeah, that's my that's my cue sponsor. That's what I play with. Good. Okay. Excellent. As um, let's see. Do you prefer to use a, uh, a an aiming system? No, like don't get me wrong here. I'm not trying to pin you to the wall or anything. But I think you know the public asks sometimes. Do professionals use this aiming system or that method or this or that? Do you have a particular aiming system or instructor or school of thought that you that you care for the most? Uh, I don't really have a system I go by. I just kind of like like feel, just know where I got to hit the ball. Sure. Like where I got to come in contact with the ball, and then just aim to hit that spot. Sure. Sure. So in other words, you've just learned by learning it, you know, just kind of on your own, more or less. Right. Right, right, right. No, that's cool, because you can do that when you have to play tough players. That teaches you a lot about the game. Well, good, good, good. I don't want to, you know, take up too much of your time. Is there anybody else that you'd like to give a shout-out to? Uh, So I could give a a shout-out to all my supporters and my sponsors. And uh, my family and friends back home for everything. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, as I mentioned before, it's an honor for you to be to be able to to play on the team. Uh, it's a, so you have a certain responsibility to them and to and to your fans. <laughs> so uh, I want you to do well. Obviously, we all want you to do well. Um, you have a lot of pressure on you being. Uh, not just the inexperienced one is for on the Moscone Cup stage, but also because of that sort of a stigma of being the youngest too. So, you know, here's the opportunity for either you to prove all those people wrong and say, no, I am a champion level player, or for you to go and bump in the wall and go, ah, crap, you know, this is a whole different dynamic, and then get up and try again. So no matter what, best of luck to you. Thanks. Keep your head in the game. You know what I mean? Don't let any of the politics and personal crap leave that at home and just go in and you guys do what you you go to take the trophy home with you for Pete's sake. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the plan. We're all working at it. Good, 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 good. All right. Well, like I said, good luck and thanks for your time. And we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right. Thank you. Back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And uh, I'm your host, Mark Cantrell. And we have uh, had an exciting past month, and uh, we've got an exciting month uh, uh, coming up uh, in, in 30 days' time. Um, we just got out of the U.S. Open, and so just as I did last year, uh, I had Captain America himself, Mr. Mark Wilson, on with us. So he's back joining us to talk about all things uh, Moscone. How are you doing, Mark? Terrific. Hello, pool playing America. We couldn't be more excited to get ready for the Moscone Cup. Time, time flies, doesn't it? I remember because we, we did this last year. And it must have been somewhere around the same time. Uh, yeah. that we that we did it, and we were going through and talking about each player and strengths and weaknesses and that kind of thing. And uh, it, it just doesn't seem like 12 months ago to me. It just seems uh, it, it could have been three or four months, if I if I think about it. Um, you got out of the U.S. Open. Uh, you were there. Uh, you watched uh, the tight race for the Moscone Cup points going potentially going back and forth, and who wins here, who loses there. Uh, how, how was your experience? 
Yeah, it was exciting every day because, you know, the, the, the fact that there's points at stake to earn your way onto the Moscone Cup is a huge thing, and you can see it building just since I've been home. I've had a number of phone calls from random people, not even known name players, asking about the points for next year, where they're going to be assigned. So that sort of lends credibility to what was done this year, that we may regain a pro tour based on the uh, extra prestige of having points events. Yeah, and I know, uh, and as, as I know you know, Matchroom uh, have some plans for, for next year that are much larger as far as qualifying points events than they were all have ever been. So uh, I think uh, a lot of people are going to get some chances there. Uh, yeah, I think it's tremendous what, what's happened, and I, and I didn't foresee it coming. I was, I was really not that keen for bar table events in the past, and it's still not my forte in bar table events, but now, being they have uh, not, they've diluted the points for those events, so that it takes a guy really going out playing, and the fact that they add the prestige to the events, so you'll get bigger names coming to more regional events with that extra carrot of possibly earning the way into the Moscone Cup. It really, it sparks interest for everybody and makes the promoter a little better deal, too. So. Yeah. And then with the, uh, Going back to the U.S. Open, as it got towards uh, the end or two-thirds of the way through it, and I'll be honest with you, the U.S. Open is such a tough event. And you can get what, you know, you can get a nice, easy bracket to a certain extent, but you get a third into it, and now it's not easy anymore. Nobody's going to be easy to, to be well, I would I would oh, you can't get an easy bracket at the US Open today. Back when I played in it, your third round winner's bracket might be a plumber. But yeah, now, but now you know, I mean just like a guy that's a former Hall of Famer and world uh US Open champion is not the toughest draw you can get. You know, I mean it's that strong. So I would say you can play a good player or you might play a great player, but you're not gonna play a bad player. Right. Um I'll be honest. I was before the U.S. Open. I was looking uh, at the where the rankings were, and you had Corey and uh, Duchesne. But it was about Corey. I'm sorry, Duchesne uh, that morning. He he was already locked in, but the points from that point on were fairly close. And it doesn't take a lot to be moved out of those top that second and third spot because the way things were. It just takes a bad day, and it can change everything. Oh, wow. And I, I really wasn't. I really didn't think that the, the things would stay, the way they did. I, I, I really didn't think that, um, Deshane or Bergman, uh, I'm sorry, no, Corey, could have stayed right where they were, and that Bergman or Scott Frost couldn't have. And come easily and taking that place, given somebody just having a bad day. So I was I was kind of glued to it, trying to figure out all the different combinations of who lost here and who won here, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, he went all the way through to what? What, what was it? Where did he? Where uh, where did Bergman and Corey get knocked out? Because they were right there, right? It was all. I think they were all in the top sixteen at that point, and. It was like you're saying, it could have changed hands. The people that had the points lead going in still had to fight like uh, you can't believe to hang on. And, and then the, the level of talent and uh, skill uh, on display there, you could just absolutely get smoked. I mean, you see guys win 11 to nothing, 11 to 1 against top talent, but if they get on a roll, win a break, and uh, you know, it doesn't take very many missed shots to accumulate quite a few games. I know I watched the. Uh, Kevin Chang and Bergman match one night, which was not on the stream, and the final score was 11 to 10 in nine innings. Uh, I mean, think about that. <laughs> Whoever loses scoring 10 games in nine innings, uh, but anyway, it was, that's the way it went. Absolutely astounding the level of play. Twice in the yeah. match, Bergman Bergman ran four racks twice and lost, so, and didn't play bad in between those innings either. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's, it is amazing when you look at the, the, the standard of play. We talk about the, uh, 
Asian, the, the Chinese and uh, Taiwanese players, the man, I tell you, they're just coming along, aren't they? Yeah, what happened years ago was that uh, they decided to take a very scientific approach, and now today uh, it's the uh, Taipei would be the pool mecca of the world. That's where the best players are going to come from. They have a school over there, and they train like athletes. They get paid like athletes. And it's in a country where the uh, poverty level is pretty significant. So if you can make a decent salary playing, there's fierce competition to hold that slot. And that's why you see the level of professionalism, focus, uh, there's no ego, and they're, they're strictly business. And it's not that they don't enjoy playing, but they train and train hard, and it's reflected in, you know, the performances that you're seeing. And they've, they've scientifically done this so that they have very compact strokes and a great mental, keen focus that's well-trained. It's not something you just dream up because somebody told you how to do it. You'd have to rehearse it a long time. And you actually have to be quite fit to be able to sustain that uh, intensity level through match after match. And they're all interchangeable. There's about six of them that came. It doesn't matter if it's the Co brothers or if it was Chang or Chang or if it was, uh, who else is there? Let's see, Tao and Lou. And, and you can just set one out there and you can just play just as good as the other. I mean, they're, they're all interchangeable. It's all the same guy and then they cheer for each other, stick together. It's pretty cool to see and it's definitely raising the bar on what top level pool is. I saw, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw something. Uh, of ba- Barry Hearn of Matchroom, and he was talking to some people. And I, I, I could be off a little bit on what I'm about to say, but I don't think I'm, I'm very far off. Uh, whether it's a snooker or pool uh, is what I'm worried about, whether I'm right or wrong. And he was saying in Shanghai, China, there are more pool rooms in Shanghai, China than there are accumulatively around the world. Hmm. I haven't been there, but it very well may be true because you can see the uh, abundance of talent that comes out of there and on the women's side too. I mean, it's not just Jennifer Chen anymore. You got Shopping Pan. There's uh, I don't know. Let's see who else. There's quite a number of them, and I'm not as familiar as I probably should be. But anyway, yeah, I, well, I I know women's tour is significant. I have a, I have a problem remembering the names. I really do because you know it's just not it's a different kind of language, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, like we did last year. We went through each play. Some some of these plays are uh, there's not a whole lot to say. Butler book for the it's been a year, so let's see where we are now. Um, Strengths, weaknesses with Shane Van Borning. We'll start number one. Well, he's our front man, naturally, and, you know, nobody works harder in the game today in, in the United States. And he's uh, the winning outside of the United States. A lot of people used to knock him for that. But he always got a power game, and he will lead by uh, example. Um, weaknesses, probably a lot of people knock him uh, as. He just doesn't do good in the Moscone Cup, but uh, really, I, I wish I had five Shane Van Boeings to take, and I'll just take my chances. However, in a short match format against top-tier talent, and then a couple things go awry, then it starts to gang up on you. You start to wonder, maybe I can't win in short matches. So I do fear that part of it, that component of it, that maybe but I don't think he feels that way, and I don't feel that way either. But still, nonetheless, you still want to uh, shake that type of a knock upon you. And so uh, that would probably be the weakness would be just, you know, if he gets uh, feeling a little extra pressure or he tries a little too hard to shed himself of what people think actually happens. And in some criticism, if you would have saw him last year in the practice room, you'd know nobody's hitting him any better. But then you go out and a couple of times he overcut balls that you almost can't overcut, hung him in the pocket, the cue ball traveled down the table, Chip on another ball, knock it up from the nine, and the guy makes a hanging ball at a three-nine combination, and then break and run out, and looks bad. But he actually he missed it on the pro side, and nobody else could hit it that soon. So it was, and then towards the end, he had to play Appleton on day four, and Appleton played at nine seventy-five uh, AccuStat TPA. That's one mistake. Well, no one's going to beat Appleton when he puts a 975 on you. I don't care. You know what I mean? So 
it was unfortunate, and so uh, it looks bad, but actually he played fantastic. Yeah, it might be uh, a, a little mental barrier that he has to overcome with uh, the Moscone Cup, but there's no doubt, obviously qualified, qualified easily to take them. I mean, it was, it was halfway through the year, it was already <laughs> in, in the spot, um, and there's no doubt you, you can't pick Shane, even though his record in the Moscone Cup is a little dubious, but you can't, you just can't not pick him. So, you know, uh, maybe he need that, because he knows, he knows it as much as anybody else that he, he can go out and play lights out in the U.S. Open, winning three times back to back, but then in the Australian Cup, he knows he's not playing or he gets unlucky or whatever. It might just be a mental block and once he gets through it, uh, there'll be no stopping him there. Yeah, um, I think it's a block. I think it's more aberration of the variance that goes when you play high-level players and you play short match races. I, I think that's more described that he won the World Pool Masters. I mean, it was right before in in the practice room. It was unbelievable how good he was hitting them, and it's only a highly tuned athlete that's trained for a lot of years could even remotely hit him like that. So, no worries about Shane. Yeah, Shane's Shane's Shane. I don't think there's any. Uh, any doubt that he should be there. Um, Mike Bichet, last year, um, you caught a little bit of heat because you didn't pick Mike Bichet. Mm-hmm. A lot yeah, of people thought he should have been there, and maybe this year you would have picked him as the captain's pick. Who knows, but he earned his way on, uh, onto the team. And, um, you know, the first time he played... I, I don't remember. You probably, I know you've probably done a lot more research on this than I have. The first year they played, he didn't play his best. Uh, maybe it was uh, the experience, the new experience, the atmosphere. It's, uh, it's daunting, I think, to anybody, uh, even if you played in it before. Um, but what, what's your take on uh, Mike this year? Well, a few things. One, uh, I've got to know him quite a bit better. He came here to St. Louis at his own expense and spent a week, and I couldn't have been more impressed. And, and sometimes he gets a bad rap, and sometimes it's well-deserved bad rap because sometimes his attitude's left a little bit to be desired. And so that part is a work in progress. But as far as his game goes, I mean, my goodness, a power game, he's got it. He's a fearless shot maker. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's got everything. He's brave, courageous, and uh, got all that going on. And so, uh, for me, it's just a matter of uh, getting him fit into the team. And uh, he's been working on it. He's improved. He's not all the way there yet. But uh, that's kind of maybe the coach's job is to make sure that he is there. And we've had some long discussions just as recently as the U.S. Open. We, we interviewed for an hour uh, in my room just talking about the different possibilities. And, and uh, during that span of time, he did – secure the final spot, but he was definitely on the short list if he didn't secure it as far as possibly being included anyway. So we just want to talk about our approach this year, what we're going to do, and, and really help him out. You know, what, what can we do to make him play his best pool over here? And I think with him, you know, there's a uh, – he wants to be recognized as a top player, and no doubt he has an ego. And so – but also I think sometimes he doesn't feel loved and – appreciated and respected them. Well, he didn't say that. That's just my own assertion. But uh, we definitely love the firepower he brings to the team, and I feel like he's going to be a great set this year, and I think he's really going to help us to move the sport forward here in the United States. I appreciate your uh, uh, honesty and bluntness. What? Yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, you're sugarcoat and everything. You're giving it... You know, there, there, there's some points that are valid, and I appreciate yeah. you. Hey, we, we talked about it, and one of the criteria for inclusion on uh, any of our teams, you know, whether it be Lindenwood or uh, Cup, is honesty. Because if we don't have honesty, we really don't. Now it's, it's all phony and fake, and then we got uh, five renegades rather than family. And so we got to talk about our strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, along with Mike brings great firepower, but it also comes the possibility that there could be some volatility. And so we want to address it. And, and there's no reason to sugarcoat it. And we've talked about it. They know. We, we all know the weaknesses. And so to me, it's not my team. It's our team. And that by our, I mean everybody that's passionate about the sport 
they should deserve to know. They get to know, you know, and that's that's just the way I want to do business. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's like you say, that's good because it, it would be in your position be easy to say, oh, he's fantastic, he's a golden child, uh, his looks are always surpassed by his intelligence, and he's uh, a man walking in God's shoes, or so, you know. So um, let's go on to Mr. Corey Duell. Corey Duell, yeah. Well, Corey is a renegade, and he always will be, but uh, he truly is the prince of pool. I mean, when he gets to know him, he's the most cheerful, uplifting, uh, positive, and, uh, it, and it's a hard life just roaming around the road playing pool for a living with meager prize money. It's hard to get, and then people knock you, and it's, I mean, sometimes it can be quite, I don't know, demeaning or difficult, uh, maybe both. And just to, to go through the battles he's gone and come out on the other side and still have a cheerful attitude really speaks volumes. And uh, at the U.S. Open, truthfully, I've been around Corey since he was just uh, a rookie. He never played better in his entire life. And, and I think he would even admit it. He played some fantastic pool. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't be prouder of him because he earned his way on the team. It was not something I gave to him. It, he, he did it on his own, you know, and that's, that's really saying something. So, uh, yeah, well, he was in he was in the number three slot anyhow, yeah. Um, and he, uh, you know, even though he was tight, he was still because I can think I was thinking, what is, what is he actually? What do you want? Why? How is he in the number three slot? I, I I can't come up with the 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 formula or the reason why he got to that point, but he was, and I I I, I didn't know how well he was going to do in the U.S. Open. And I, I kept getting surprised because with uh, him, again, with him and Deshaun, I'm watching the, the game and I'm watching the brackets. I'm going, okay, if Hoodler wins this, then he and, and, and Corey goes out, now Bergman's in or somebody else might be in. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it was just waiting to see who was going to lose the first match and how far the next guy was going to go after that to decide the the, the solid ranking uh, yeah. point qualifiers. Um, but yeah, he, he he played really well in that uh, in the U.S. Open, and that you know kept him right where he needed to be for that slot. I think he really played his best pool for the year during the U.S. Open, but I think he should really go back and uh, go back a year and a half ago. His game was only uh, a semblance of what it is now, and his confidence was down. He was struggling, and he was traveling, and so uh, he, he he kind of rebuilt his game, and it began about a year and a half ago. And now the culmination of that is his degree of consistency that was witnessed last you know last week. And it was one of these things where Corey's a very smart kid and a deep thinker on a lot of levels of pool, maybe deeper than a lot of the top players. And so through careful analysis and listening and working and seeking advice from others and then trying it and uh, trial and error, he has now uh, reclaimed his game and maybe better than ever, rebuilt it. And so I really admire that. I'm proud of him for doing that. It was not easy. I witnessed him when he was not playing his best. And, you know, he's been out a long time. He's not a kid anymore. This is, I think, his eighth or ninth Moscone Cup appearance. I mean, he's been the MVP, I think, twice. So he definitely has the firepower of the game, and he's he really he's perfect for the sport. He's not that old, and it really puts a good picture on where the sport can be. He's uh, got that youthful exuberance still. He's happy, passionate about it. So, yeah, all kudos to Corey Duell's achievement. Let's go to your geopics, um, Bergman and Skylar, and um. I've got, you know, I've got my, I've got mixed opinions on it, but everybody's got the opinions and the threads on Easy Billions and on Facebook about uh, the whether they're the right people to be on the team or not, and comparing them both against, well, Scott Frost was right there, and then uh, Rodney Morris and Johnny Archer. Um, I, can, I see, I can see Bergman did so well; he was right there. And again, with those points, he was right there on the on the verge of breaking into qualifying in, in the top three. 
uh, with uh, and take it either uh, Corey or Mike Deshane out. <laughs> but you still had to make that pick. Uh, what what to the people on the forums and on Facebook who played? Don't get me wrong. Listen, plenty of them agree with your picks. There's lots who think you're right on the money. But what did they have that the other potential candidates didn't have? Well, uh, in Burton's case, uh, he played last year, so he got another year's experience. But to his credit, he's become a much, much better all-around player over the course of the year. And it probably began with you know the fact that maybe he struggled a little bit in last year's Moscone Cup. He didn't play hideously bad, but he didn't play to the standard that he could play. And he, he would like to avenge that for sure. He's gone out and worked hard this year to become a much better player. Uh, maybe he, he presents a better image. He's starting to lead the sport, understanding that uh, his position in the sport is such that a lot of people follow him. If you ever look at any of his Facebook stuff, it used to be somewhat uh, questionable sometimes his postings, but yet he would always have a tremendous following. You know, he, he can just post up that I chalked up my cue and he'll get 150 likes in five minutes, and that's not an exaggeration. And so... Uh, I like the way he's coming in the form. I don't think anyone really disagreed with, with him, for sure. I mean, it would, it would be in doubt if they did. Everybody kind of recognized he's in, the, he's in the top three, for sure, in the United States today. It's not higher. And so... No, he's played well all year, and uh, he, he piled a great performance of the U.S. Open. Uh, I think it would be hard not to pick. Yeah, but, yeah He's the first one to beat Shane Van Moning in over two years at the U.S. Open, so that that would that would say something. But also, he put himself out there. He played some big sets and matches here, and while he didn't score tons of points in the rankings events, he, he was still fourth on the list. But he won a couple of big events. He, I know he played uh, some big matches. He, he played the Young Guns versus the uh, what was it, old school, and I know he played Ocolo. Uh, a number of sets on the nine-footer and won three or four sets there, and that's no joke. You know, if you latch on to him, and then uh, he played Ocoa and Roberto Gomez in a uh, team thing. Him and Skyler played in that, and they played singles and scotch doubles. And uh, a great accounting for himself. I, I mean, he didn't just win more than his share. He won almost every single one of them. And so I, I really don't think anyone would even think about criticizing that selection that is of all the tough choices I had to make, that was not one of them. Right. But to just recap on it, though, other than what else does he bring? Because that was my that was last oh, year, that was my question to all of the players. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. No, no. He answered my question. What does he bring that uh, other people couldn't bring? Other than he's playing really freaking well right now. I mean, that, that's, uh, to me, honestly, that's reason enough to pick him. If he's hot right now and he's doing really, really well, that's he's reason yeah. enough to pick him. Yeah. But well, is there other attributes? Yes. Uh, to Justin's absolute weakest component of his game is his break. Okay. So and we've been working on that, and he's aware of it, and he's been worked on it, and it has improved, but it's still, he's probably just below pro average break-wise. Once the balls are open and the play ensues, he might be the top dog in the United States as far as once the balls are open, who runs them out, stays in line, gets on the patterns well, good decisions. Uh, so so he's got all the attributes. He's still got some work to do, but uh, he, he's aware of it. He's, he's working hard on it, and it, it's shown in this play. So, uh, you know, he's great at uh, managing the ball, and he's great at uh, playing offensive pool. Good, he's good good with the team uh, for based on based on your experience last year. Uh, and I don't know, things change in a year. People go up all of a sudden. Um, do you, do you see uh, he's good for the for the team and uh, for the team atmosphere? I guess I should ask you that about everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes I think people make a little too much out of the, the team atmosphere thing. And even though I'm a big proponent of unity, you still, at the end of the day, you still have to duplicate some killer pool. And you're, so 
But no, he totally gets it. And you know what? It's egoless with him. He, it's not about ego. He's not there to prove anything. He just wants to go out and, and, and win a big match. And it's not it's not even so much about money. It, it, it's the most interesting thing because most guys get into this sport for money, which is preposterous to begin with, because you can work at a gas station and make more. <laughs> but but the point is that you have to have that burning passion, and Justin has. I mean, uh, ever since I've known him, I can relay the experience to you. When he was 11 years old and played league pool, he would get upset when he lost a game of eight ball you know, just to a league player. And uh, I watched this one time. I said, now, Justin, you've got to be a much better sport than that. You can't. That's not right. You know, and so this guy would feel sorry for him, this 11-year-old boy that would, you know, be upset. And so I told him the importance of shaking the man's hand and the next time he lost, he went up to the guy and flicked his hand out very, uh, you know, strongly and yet there was one tear coming down his eye, you know, from his eye at the same time. And then he wasn't sobbing or anything, but it hurt like that to lose a game eight ball. And he's just that passionate. And so that's very endearing. And I know he's sincere and he's worked hard. And, uh, I mean, Justin Bergman's going to lead the way this year. Okay. Uh, let's go on to maybe the most, the one that's really the most controversial, like we said, Bergman is, uh, he, he deserved that spot. Uh, undoubtedly, Scallop was a little further down in the in the ranking points, and there was uh, Scott there. I, I'm not really sure how um, Rodney Morris and Johnny Archie got into the the mix of it, but that's what the Morris should have been on, Archie should have been on, Frost should have been on before Strider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what did what did got that? The older guy, and I know you like the new face of the team, the younger face of the team. Uh, what, what is it that made that choice? Okay, a few things. You know, a few things you touched on there, but uh, I just want to be perfectly clear. One, uh, it's not just any of the names that you mentioned. Okay, here's the rankings, it, it, and but we did not use the rankings for my picks because the whole idea is to take skill sets that round out the team, and that's why there's two captain's picks. It's not. Otherwise, you could just go straight right one through five on that points rankings. Right. And But the idea is to get the best team, not the best individual players necessarily, because in the past that hasn't worked all that well. And, and there's been times when there's been virtual um, team of the century or all-star teams picked that have lost to other uh, teams that were not quite on paper as much, but actually matched up and, and played better together. So... Um, the points went like uh, Berkman and Skyler Woodland tied for fourth. And so that was fourth and fifth was those two. Then it was Frost, Jeremy Saucy, Rodney Morris, Oscar Dominguez, and then tied for tenth was Brandon Sheff and Justin Hall. And so, um, and then Archer fell down below the top ten as well. So, um, you know, specifically, Skyler, you know, got that, uh, well, he actually reminds me of a 22-year-old Johnny Archer, who I guess that'd be my best description. Skyler's by far the youngest guy probably to ever make the Moscone Cup, 22 years old. And he earned his way. He put himself out there and played a lot of big matches this year, did pretty well, uh, beat one of the Taiwanese players at the U.S. Open this year. And is hungry. He's on the table, uh, working. I guess that, that maybe is one of the most endearing things to me to see somebody that it's not about money for him. He wants to win a title. He wants an opportunity to win something and show the world who he is. And it's it's hard to get that shot. You know, you only get five picks. And when, I guess, let's see, how do I say it? Well, if, if Bergman is pretty much a cinch because even if Bergman hadn't finished well in the U.S. Open, he did so much going into it that I'd, I'd be a fool to not take him. And we need to win the Moscone Cup, and I think Bergman gives me my best shot as far as selections go. Then that leaves me with one selection, and then it's a darn tough choice. And to tell you the truth, any of the names, Frost, Saucy, Morris, Dominguez, Chef, Hall, Archer, we can throw them in the hat and have me draw them, and I would be proud and happy and confident to take any of them that's that close. So so now that makes it a tough call at that point. And, you know, uh, naturally, like, specifically, 
when you look at, well, just go down the points. Well, that's kind of the coward's way, you know, and I don't really think that's necessarily the best way because there might come a year where maybe it shouldn't be done that way, and there's reasons for it. But I didn't. So uh, I think that in Skyler's case, he, he brings a level of dedication, uh, vigor. I think he'll keep the team loose because he's kind of got a relaxed, fun nature to him. And I felt like his banking skills would complement the team, maybe round it out a little bit. And uh, intense passion, I would say, is, is some of the skills that he brings to the team. He's got a great break and uh, hard working. Everybody who spoke to likes Skyla. They, they they do. I think the big concern is uh, his experience is uh, the concern. But at the end of the day, his I've got to quantify and qualify this problem with this. I know. I, I think I spoke to you about this before. I know you want to win, and and so whether I agree with your decision or anybody else agrees with the decision, whether it be Bergman or Skyler, because those are the only two decisions you have to make. Correct. We know you want to win. There's no reason for you not want to win, whether it's just because you've got a winning attitude and you want to win, forget the money, forget everything else, we just want to win, or it's a patriotic thing or anything else. We know that you want to win. And so you made the choices you made going into it because you want to win. And so, for the re- whatever reasons uh, that you, you've got, that's that's why you made those picks. Um, and as, as we we said it last year, you're going to come out. You know, uh, you can look like a superstar genius for putting this together, or you know, it can go the other way as well. You know, but uh, this year. Uh, you you can't take you can only take heat for two picks. So uh, I, th- I think that I, I think it's a good team. I do. I really think it's, I, I think it's a good team that, that, that you've got there. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's uh, anything there that what what okay. So what's with Bergman and Skyler? What are their weaknesses? Well, certainly the inexperience factor for, for Woodward because he's never played in something like this and it, uh, it doesn't matter who you are even if you played in it a multiple amount of times you could definitely have an epic meltdown and so that, that's the great fear is, is that it's just too much too overwhelming the lights are bright you're being interviewed you're not familiar with that you never even so much as get to strike one ball on the TV table the first ball you hit is the actual lag and now the whole team's counting on you. You know, when you talk about team pool, it's a different dynamic than the individual because, you know, everybody's counting on you and you want to come through for them, and it's a different pressure. It's not so many are like playing singles. So uh, in sorting it all out, uh, you know, you, you weigh all that in, plus the fact that the safe pick for me would definitely be to take one of the more established stars that have appeared in this in the past or to reward a guy like Scott Frost that has put his heart and soul into it and and really uh, contribute not just to his own ability improvement-wise, but also just to the general demeanor of the sport. He's, he's out there. He's, he's trying to do charitable things. He's trying to learn a little bit about teaching. Uh, he tries to raise the bar. He owns a tour out in Arizona that he uh, runs and promotes. And so he's trying to do a lot of good things to help the sport out, too. And you like to see guys like that succeed and flourish because now you have a aspirational component that this is what happens when you work hard. So it's, believe me, it was a decision that I wrestled with back and forth over any of those. And I even thought to myself, you know, I almost would be happy to just you know, draw names or, or something. And at one time, there was a question as to what if the top three players, what if number four tied number three on the points list? How are we going to do that? Right, right. Tiebreaker. Okay, and so there was a question, should I stay in the U.S. Open and we have a playoff the next day? And I was like, is that really fair one day after you've worked all year to play one match? Does that even make sense? And I thought, you know what, I'll just use, I'll lend one of my, if somebody ties for third in the points, then I'll just use my captain's pick to take that guy and then I'll resolve the whole thing. I'll be happy with that. If they're playing well enough to get third, then that's fine. I'm good with that. And so, uh, and it's the same thing here. It's, I need to win, no doubt. And the safe pick would be to take one of the established guys 
but who gives us the best chance to win? And I went back and forth, and I was just thinking of the uh, somebody that has skills that kind of maybe relax the team a little bit or maybe make the team play a little harder because they want to pick the guy up. And it just all, it kind of, after 700 miles of driving, it kind of came clear to me that I wanted to go to war with Skyler this time. Well, that's, that's uh, and I'm, I'm completely. It's not a safe choice at all, and it's not a grandstand play either. It's what I think will win for us. Is the thing, and you know, in life, you have to. You know, the easy choice is seldom the right choice. So uh, that also, yeah, yeah, this is because it's far more dangerous to do this. I probably jeopardize my whole position by doing it, but it's still in my heart. I know it's the right choice. And so I'm going with it, and that's, that's what I said I'd do, and I will live or die with it. And, yeah. I mean, that's it. That's a, yeah, you've, you, you, I, I, I guess that's the thing. You put your neck out there on the, on the chopping block, and, but you did it last year. It, it, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, 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 no matter who you pick, you're gonna, there's going to be controversy as to why somebody else didn't get it. <laughs> My, you, uh, this is a funny thing. It would not matter if I resurrected Willie Moscone from the grave in his prime and I put him on the Moscone Cup team. People would say, what in the hell is he doing putting Moscone on the Moscone Cup team? So we can't worry about what people tend to think. And and it's it's wonderful that there's conjecture about it, but if you don't live with the guys every day, you're not fully qualified to make a decision like that, much like me criticizing a baseball manager. You could say statistically this guy is a better factor right now, but maybe he had a fight with his wife that you're unaware of, but the manager does know, or there's a sundry other reasons, so you're not fully qualified, you know, and I'm not saying I'm fully qualified, of course I can make a mistake, but do I try? Everything was done with forethought, and, uh, and, and really I had great input from a lot of people too, so it wasn't just one person, and people outside, the actual players, I mean, people in the industry and people... You know, the saying, you better think about this. So there was a lot of different factors that went into the final decision. It's not an easy decision to make. And, of course, when you have to deliver, there's nothing worse than making the phone call. I can tell you that. When you have to call players that did not make it and explain to them why, and they know they poured their heart into it, I'm a player. I'm compassionate for that. And this is a career-defining moment. This thing, it's big. You know, it's, it's it's absolutely enormous. So that part of it, you know, it's, not, it's like the least favorite thing that I had to do, but I promised the guys that uh, came close, came closest, I would call them. So what, to, to, to move on, what, what do you see, now knowing the European team as well, mm-hmm. uh, how, how different is the team, the European team uh, this year? than it was last year. Uh, they have three of the same. They have Appleton and Neil Fine and Cowboys. Yeah, and then they have Alvin Ocean, the new kid. That, yeah, I think he's got a world championship and uh, another great win on the Euro Tour, and he's still known as Jasmine's brother. So <laughs> he's fighting yeah. that. And then, uh, let's see, Nick Vandenberg. Nick Vandenberg, what a cool guy he is. Uh, he's Blanc, college. Oh, oh, very good player. And uh, we have history, too, because when he was 17, his father sent him here for two weeks to train with me. And uh, my wife made his first turkey. He'd never even heard of such a thing as turkey when he was here. He was here during Thanksgiving time. So it's kind of a neat side story that uh, him and I are against each other this time around. Uh, but uh, pure class act and the um, proud that he made it. Oh, we know, so we know, the, we know who the team is for the Europeans and we know who the team is for the Americans. What do you, where do you see the difference this year? Mm, that's a good call. That makes, call. That makes us take the cup. That makes America take that. I say, oh, it's, that was funny, you guy from England saying, oh, it's and I'm talking about America. What makes, what makes, what's the difference? But what, how did we win this year that we, why we couldn't last year? What's the uh, I think I'll be a better captain because I'm a little bit better aware of exactly how it all shakes down. And I think the intangible there will be at home, and that will help. And then 
I think the level of support doesn't. It's going to be a, a sellout crowd. I think the ticket sales are such that uh, it's almost a certainty to be a sellout. So uh, I think that's going to be a big factor in our uh, camp because last year we really didn't know what to expect, and it was a bit overwhelming in the chance, and we really weren't sure of the softer songs and chance, and we thought at one point last year it was distracting, but Bergman was playing, and during the course of his play, the crowd started chanting, Justin, Justin, give it away. And so uh, it was somewhat uh, dismaying that uh, he'd messed, messed up and scratched on a ball. But as it turned out, they were actually saying, Justin, Justin, give us a wave. And then once you waved, the big cheer went up, and then they went on to somebody else after that. But at first, we were thinking, boy, this is the rudest thing we've ever seen, you know, so... But it wasn't like that, and they ended up chanting USA, USA at the end. It was, it was a great, it was a great song, it was great support. You sold out 1,100 seats a night, and every day two beer trucks and unload pallets of beer to sell. And you really have a sport at that point where you're selling out places and they're selling out products. So that, that part was real cool, and it really, now that we know what it is, I wish we could play in Blackpool every year. That's how good that venue was. It was the gym home field in the same kids. Yeah, it's a different atmosphere over there. But they, um, I'm just thinking, what I was asking, I was talking about the European team. Uh, what is the difference? But what we got, we got one, two, three players from last year, from yep. this year's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey, Shane, and Justin are all, uh, you know, the second year with me. This will be my second year. Right. And then... Uh, same over there. They, but they have a new captain. They have Marcus Shemont instead of Johan. And so, um, you know. So you got that effect. Right. If it comes down to a basketball game between me and Marcus, I definitely got a distinct height advantage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're, you know, one month, basically. What's, yeah, basically one month away. No, no, no. Well, yeah, a couple of days. One month away from the big day. Um, I'm not talking. I'm talking about the Moscone Cup, not my big deck. <laughs> <No, laughs> very good. Yes, that's true. Mark's talking about his wedding. <laughs> There's a big event going on in Vegas, uh, December fifth, and and by the way, there's also a pool tournament going on uh, right after it. But be after between now and uh, the Moscone Cup, you've got some things planned. To promote the team, promote the small, promote the Moscone Cup. Uh, what, what, what is it you have going on, and who's going to be there? Well, one, it's been a bit more difficult this year because we really didn't know who was going to comprise the team other than Shane looked like a shoe-in. That would affect him even if he didn't make the point. But, uh, November 14th, we'll be at Sharky's Billiards in Danport, Iowa, and we're doing a big clinic up there. And that will be uh, a couple of my Lindywood team members as well as a couple of my Stony Cup team members. And then uh, we do a uh, clinic in the afternoon and then challenge matches at night. And that be uh, some great fun had with that. Then uh, the next big thing, okay, uh, the whole team flies in here to Lindywood on December, no, November 27th, the day after Thanksgiving. That's a Friday. And then the following day, we go to Decatur, Illinois, Starship Players, and we have a two-day event there where we um, do clinic and challenge matches, scotch doubles. We then who's, who's going to be at that? Who's going to be at the sorry at the first one? Who's going to be at that clinic? Uh, yeah. Justin Bergman, and I'm not sure if it will be Skyler or Corey, but at least one of them will be there. And then uh, a couple of the Lindenwood players and myself. <laughs> and then the Decatur thing, that's all five Moscone Cup players, plus myself, plus the coaching staff, uh, Team USA. And then that's a two-day event. We do a charity thing, a fundraiser. It's a youth program up there. Last year we raised $1,500 for the youth leagues when we left. And then we come back here to Lindenwood, and there'll be brand-new Simonis on every table. And we will train here for the next two days, Monday and Tuesday, Tuesday night we have a get-together, and that's just kind of a private thing where we kind of map out what we're going to be doing and a little bit of relaxation. Wednesday we go to Ballpark Village in St. Louis, and that's an all-day pool festival where it's uh, latest and greatest, newest, brightest, night spot in St. Louis. It's part of Bush Stadium, like the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team plays. And 
that's owned by Anheuser-Busch. And so we expect to have five or 600 people turn up for this. It will be streamed worldwide uh, on QQ, streaming it. The, uh, they have a huge screen, high-def TV in there. It's as big as the interstate billboard. And it will air in-house on that. And the Lindawood Dance and Cheer teams are there. There, Keith is the host. He's a local radio personality. The coaching staff will be there. There's a meet and greet. There's an afternoon clinic, VIP clinic. The meet and greet from 5 to 7. And at 7, there's a competition, much like the battle before Blackpool that we did last year with fairly significant cash prizes for the players and they compete. And then uh, there's also the Nine Ball Mall, which will be... Uh, in the, all the sponsors, or yeah, not sponsors, but good, uh, good promoters of the sport, and uh, people like Simonis, Food Digest, Diamond Tables, Urban Cues, uh, Ultimate Team Gear, Jersey Providers, Master Chop. They all have exhibits there, and each round will be named after them, and they'll say okay, and then there'll be some fun pride giveaways to the audience. What day is that? What day is that again? That's Wednesday, December 2nd. At, uh, December 2nd. Okay. Yeah. Four days, what, five days before the start of the game. Yeah, so, so that's an all-day thing, and it's really going to provide us with the opportunity maybe for Anheuser Bush to get involved with Team USA, and that's what we're really gunning for with that. Then the following day, we're Thursday out of Lindenwood. Thursday night, we have a private dinner. And Friday, we fly to Las Vegas. And then Saturday we have practice day. And Saturday night we did Mark Kentrell's wedding. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Sunday we have a practice day. And Sunday night we have the Montgomery Cup free cocktail party. And then Monday morning at 11 a.m. we will be competing. The 22nd Montgomery Cup. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that sounds <laughs> like you got We've got a full schedule going on. It's more than I really want to do, but that's the only time we're all together. And so and it's so vital, like last year where we went to Decatur. It was a tremendous reception and a tremendous opportunity to grow the sport. And these kids are so gung-ho. They're chanting USA, USA, so loud that out in the parking lot where we parked, you could hear them. You know, and they had signs and posters, and it was just absolutely so cool and so rewarding. And the kids, it's such a joy to work with them and see them, you know, get excited about the sport. And by the end of the day, they've had direct coaching from all the players, and then they've also played or competed against all the players. And by the end of the day, the parents were happier than the kids were to begin with to see that uh, how much attention the kids receive. So it's invaluable for a grassroots girl in the sport. And it's a hard work, I'm, hard day's work on my players, but uh, it's just what we have to do if we're going to ever reclaim the sport. So very talk about what should be done for trying to do it. Right. Well, it's uh, it's good that you, you're getting the word out there and you're getting the guys out there. It's, uh, I know it's, uh, especially with a short notice, it's not that easy to get done. I know you can have all the plans laid out, but, you know, still, without having all, knowing all the players, who they all are, until a week ago, it's not that easy to... Uh, to, to get together and get everybody on the same page. So, yeah. But I'm, I'm just about out of time, so I appreciate you uh, spending the time again and uh, going through and your forthrightness uh, uh, to let us know everybody's strengths and weaknesses and what you got going up. I, and, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people who are rooting for USA this year to to try and make a difference. Oh, very good. And thank you, Mark, for the opportunity. And uh, to everybody listening, support the sport. Sincerely hope to see everyone of the Tropicana in Las Vegas and go USA. Right. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your time. And I will see you soon. And that's it for American Billiard Radio, the Legends and Champions Report. Uh, you know, we got we got some great answers. We got some honest answers. Um, we got some insight again into, you know, wh- how decisions are made and what was, uh, uh, how things all kind of came about and how we're going to do next year, or this, next year, this year, at the Moscone Cup. So, 
if you get a chance to go to any of the Moscone Cup events in Decatur or Ballpark Village, uh, please go out there, show your support. Until then, I will speak to you all next week. Take care.